Chapter Ten, Part One, of the Legends of King Arthur and His Knights by James Knowles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten, Adventures of Sir Beaumains or Sir Gareth. Again, King Arthur held the feast of Pentecost with all the table round, and after his custom sat in the banquet hall before beginning meat, waiting for some adventure. Then came there to the king a squire, and said, Lord, now may ye go to meet, for here a damsel cometh with some strange adventure. So the king was glad, and sat down to meet. Anon the damsel came in and saluted him, praying him for succour. What wilt thou? said the king. Lord, answered she, my mistress is a lady of great renown, but is at this time besieged by a tyrant who will not suffer her to go out of her castle. And because here in thy court the knights are called the noblest in the world, I come to pray thee for thy succour. Where dwelleth your lady? answered the king. What is her name? And who is he that hath besieged her? For her name, replied the damsel, as yet I may not tell it, but she is a lady of worship and great lands. The tyrant that besiegeth her and wasteth her lands is called the Red Knight of the Red Lands. I know him not, said Arthur. But I know him, lord, said Sir Gawain. And he is one of the most perilous knights in all the world. Men say he hath the strength of seven, and from him I myself once hardly escaped with life. Fair damsel, said the king, there be here many knights that would gladly do their uttermost to rescue your lady. But unless ye tell me her name and where she dwelleth, none of my knights shall go with you by my leave. Now there was a stripling at the court called Beaumains, who served in the king's kitchen, a fair youth and of great stature. Twelve months before this time he had come to the king as he sat at meat at Whitsuntide, and prayed three gifts of him. And being asked what gifts, he answered, As for the first gift, I will ask it now. But the other two gifts I will ask on this day twelve months, wheresoever ye hold your high feast. Then said King Arthur, What is thy first request? This, Lord, said he, that thou wilt give me meat and drink enough for twelve months from this time. Then will I ask my other two gifts. And the king, seeing that he was a goodly youth, and deeming that he was come of honourable blood, had granted his desire, and given him into the charge of Sir Kay, the steward. But Sir Kay scorned and mocked the youth, calling him Beaumains, because his hands were large and fair, and putting him into the kitchen where he had served for twelve months as a scullion, and in spite of all his churlish treatment, had faithfully obeyed Sir Kay. But Sir Lancelot and Sir Gawain were angered when they saw Sir Kay so churlish to a youth that had so worshipful a bearing, and oft times had they given him gold and clothing. And now at this time came young Beaumains to the king while the damsel was there, and said, Lord, now I thank thee well and heartily that I have been twelve months kept in thy kitchen, and have had full sustenance. Now will I ask my two remaining gifts ask said king arthur on my good faith these lord said he shall be my two gifts the one that thou wilt grant me this adventure of the damsel for to me of right it belongeth and the other 
that thou wilt bid Sir Lancelot make me a knight, for of him only will I have that honour, and I pray that he may ride after me, and make me a knight, when I require him. Be it as thou wilt, replied the king. But thereupon the damsel was full wroth, and said, Shall I have a kitchen page for this adventure? And so she took horse, and departed. Then came one to Beaumains, and told him that a dwarf with a horse and armour were waiting for him. And all men marvelled whence these things came. But when he was on horseback, and armed, scarce any one at the court was a goodlier man than he. And coming into the hall, he took his leave of the king and Sir Gawain, and prayed Sir Lancelot to follow him. So he rode after the damsel, and many of the court went out to see him so richly arrayed and horsed, yet he had neither shield nor spear. Then Sir Kay cried, I also will ride after the kitchen boy, and see whether he will obey me now. And taking his horse he rode after him, and said, Know ye not me, Beaumains? Yea, said he, I know thee for an ungentle knight, therefore beware of me. Then Sir Kay put his spear in rest, and ran at him, but Beaumains rushed upon him with his sword in his hand, and therewith, putting aside the spear, struck Sir Kay so sorely in the side that he fell down as if dead. Then he alighted, and took his shield and spear, and bade his dwarf ride upon Sir Kay's horse. By this time Sir Lancelot had come up, and Beaumains offering to tilt with him, they both made ready and their horses came together so fiercely that both fell to the earth full sorely bruised. Then they arose, and Beaumains, putting up his shield before him, offered to fight Sir Lancelot on foot. So they rushed upon each other, striking and thrusting and parrying for the space of an hour, and Lancelot marvelled at the strength of Beaumains, for he fought more like a giant than a man, and his fighting was passing fierce and terrible. So at the last he said, Fight not so sorely, Beaumains, our quarrel is not such that we may not now cease. True, answered Beaumains, yet it doth me good to feel thy might, though I have not yet proved my uttermost. By my faith, said Lancelot, I had as much as I could do to save myself from you unshamed, therefore be in no doubt of any earthly knight. "'May I then stand as a proved knight?' said Beaumains. "'For that will I be thy warrant,' answered Lancelot. "'Then I pray thee,' said he, "'give me the order of knighthood.' First, then, must thou tell me of thy name and kindred,' said Sir Lancelot. "'If thou wilt tell them to no other, I will tell thee,' answered he. "'My name is Gareth of Orkney.' and I am own brother to Sir Gawain. Ah, said Sir Lancelot, at that I am full glad, for truly I deem thee to be of gentle blood. So then he knighted Beaumains, and after that they parted company, and Sir Lancelot, returning to the court, took up Sir Kay on his shield, and hardly did Sir Kay escape with his life from the wound Beaumains had given him, but all men blamed him for his ungentle treatment of so brave a knight. Then Sir Beaumains rode forward, and soon overtook the damsel, but she said to him in scorn, Return again, base kitchen page. What art thou but a washer up of dishes? Damsel, said he, say to me what thou wilt, 
I will not leave thee, for I have undertaken to King Arthur to relieve thy adventure, and I will finish it to the end, or die. Thou finish my adventure, said she. Anon thou shalt meet one whose face thou wilt not even dare to look at. I shall attempt it, answered he. So they rode thus into a wood, and there met them a man fleeing as for his life. Whither fleest thou? said Sir Beaumains. O Lord, he answered, help me, for in a valley hard by there are six thieves who have taken my lord and bound him, and I fear will slay him. Bring me thither, said Sir Beaumains. So they rode to the place, and Sir Beaumains rushed after the thieves, and smote one at the first stroke so that he died, and then with two other blows slew a second and third. Then fled the other three, and Sir Beaumains rode after them, and overtook them, and slew them all. Then he returned and unbound the knight, and the knight thanked him, and prayed him to ride to his castle, where he would reward him. Sir, answered Sir Beaumains, I will have no reward of thee, for but this day was I made knight by the most noble Sir Lancelot, and besides, I must go with this damsel. Then the knight begged the damsel to rest that night at his castle. So they all rode thither, and ever the damsel scoffed at Sir Beaumains as a kitchen-boy, and laughed at him before the knight their host, so that he set his meat before him at a lower table as though he were not of their company. And on the morrow the damsel and Sir Beaumains took their leave of the knight, and thanking him, departed. Then they rode on their way till they came to a great forest through which flowed a river, and there was but one passage over it, whereat stood two knights armed to hinder the way. "'Wilt thou match those two knights?' said the damsel to Sir Beaumains, "'or return again?' "'I would not return,' said he, though they were six. Therewith he galloped into the water, and swam his horse into the middle of the stream, and there in the river one of the knights met him, and they brake their spears together, and then drew their swords, and smote fiercely at each other. And at the last Sir Beaumains struck the other mightily upon the helm, so that he fell down stunned into the water, and was drowned. Then Sir Beaumains spurred his horse on to the land, where instantly the other knight fell on him and they also brake their spears upon each other, and then drew their swords, and fought savagely and long together, and after many blows Sir Beaumains clove through the knight's skull down to the shoulders. Then rode Sir Beaumains to the damsel, but ever she still scoffed at him, and said, Alas, that a kitchen-page should chance to slay two such brave knights! Thou deemest now that thou hast done a mighty deed, but it is not so for the first knight's horse stumbled, and thus was he drowned, not by thy strength, and as for the second knight, thou wentest by chance behind him, and didst kill him shamefully. Damsel, said Sir Beaumains, say what ye list. I care not, so I may win your lady, and wouldst thou give me but fair language, all my care were past. For whatsoever knights I meet, I fear them not." "'Thou shalt see knights that shall abate thy boast, base kitchen knave,' replied she. "'Yet say I this for thine advantage, for if thou followest me thou wilt be surely slain, since I see all thou doest is but by chance and not by thy own prowess.' 
"'Well, damsel,' said he, "'say what ye will. "'Wherever ye go, I will follow.' "'So they rode on until the eventide, "'and still the damsel evermore kept chiding Sir Beaumains. "'And came they to a black space of land, "'whereon was a black hawthorn tree, "'and on the tree there hung a black hammer, "'and on the other side was a black shield and spear,' and by them a great black horse covered with silk, and hard by sat a knight armed in black armour, whose name was the Knight of the Black Lands. When the damsel saw him, she cried out to Beaumains, Flee down the valley, for thy horse is not saddled. Wilt thou forever deem me coward? answered he. With that came the black knight to the damsel, and said, Fair damsel, hast thou brought this knight from arthur's court to be thy champion not so fair knight said she he is but a kitchen knave then wherefore cometh he in such array said he it is a shame that he should bear thee company i cannot be delivered from him answered she for in spite of me he rideth with me and would to heaven you would put him from me or now slay him for he hath slain two knights at the river passage yonder, and done many marvellous deeds through pure mischance. I marvel, said the black knight, that any man of worship will fight with him. They know him not, said the damsel, and think because he rideth with me that he is well born. Truly he hath a goodly person, and is likely to be a strong man, replied the knight. But since he is no man of worship, he shall leave his horse and armour with me, for it were a shame for me to do him more harm. When Sir Beaumains heard him speak thus, he said, Horse or armour, gettest thou none of me, Sir Knight, save thou winnest them with thy hands. Therefore defend thyself, and let me see what thou canst do. How sayest thou? answered the black knight. Now quit this lady also, for it beseemeth not a kitchen knave like thee to ride with such a lady. I am of higher lineage than thou, said Sir Beaumains, and will straightway prove it on thy body. Then furiously they drove their horses at each other, and came together as it had been thunder. But the black knight's spear brake short, and Sir Beaumains thrust him through the side, and his spear breaking at the head, left its point sticking fast in the black knight's body. Yet did the black knight draw his sword, and smite at Sir Beaumains with many fierce and bitter blows. But after they had fought an hour and more, he fell down from his horse in a swoon, and forthwith died. Then Sir Beaumains lighted down, and armed himself in the black knight's armour, and rode on after the damsel. But notwithstanding all his valour, still she scoffed at him, and said, Away! for thou savourest ever of the kitchen. Alas, that such a knave should by mishap destroy so good a knight! Yet once again I counsel thee to flee, for hard by is a knight who shall repay thee. It may chance that I am beaten or slain, answered Sir Beaumains, but I warn thee, fair damsel, that I will not flee away, nor leave thy company or my quest, for all that ye can say. Anon, as they rode, they saw a knight come swiftly toward them, dressed all in green, who, calling to the damsel, said, Is that my brother, the black knight, that ye have brought with you? Nay, and alas, said she, this kitchen knave hath slain thy brother through mischance. 
alas said the green knight that such a noble knight as he should be slain by a knave's hand traitor said he to sir beaumains thou shalt die for this sir periard was my brother and a full noble knight i defy thee said sir beaumains for i slew him knightly and not shamefully then the green knight rode to a thorn whereon hung a green horn and when he blew three notes there came three damsels forth who quickly armed him and brought him a great horse and a green shield and spear then did they run at one another with their fullest might and break their spears asunder and drawing their swords they closed in fight and sorely smote and wounded each other with many grievous blows at last sir beaumains's horse jostled against the green knight's horse and overthrew him then both alighted and hurtling together like mad lions fought a great while on foot but the damsel cheered the green knight and said my lord why wilt thou let a kitchen knave so long stand up against thee hearing these words he was ashamed and gave sir beaumains such a mighty stroke as clave his shield asunder when sir beaumains heard the damsel's words and felt that blow he waxed passing wroth and gave the green knight such a buffet on the helm that he fell on his knees and with another blow sir beaumains threw him on the ground then the green knight yielded and prayed him to spare his life all thy prayers are in vain said he unless this damsel who came with me pray for thee that will i never do base kitchen knave said she then shall he die said beaumains alas fair lady said the green knight suffer me not to die for a word o oh, sir knight cried he to beaumains give me my life and i will ever do thee homage and thirty knights who owe me service shall give allegiance to thee all availeth not answered sir beaumains unless the damsel ask me for thy life and thereupon he made as though he would have slain him then cried the damsel slay him not for if thou do thou shalt repent it damsel said sir beaumains at thy command he shall obtain his life arise sir knight of the green armour i release thee then the green knight knelt at his feet and did him homage with his words lodge with me this night said he and to-morrow will i guide ye through the forest so taking their horses they rode to his castle which was hard by yet still did the damsel rebuke and scoff at sir beaumains and would not suffer him to sit at her table i marvel said the green knight to her that ye thus chide so noble a knight for truly i know none to match him and be sure that whatsoever he appeareth now he will prove at the end of noble blood and royal lineage but of all this would the damsel take no heed and ceased not to mock at sir beaumains on the morrow they arose and heard mass and when they had broken their fast took their horses and rode on their way the green knight conveying them through the forest then when he had led them for a while he said to sir beaumains my lord my thirty knights and i shall always be at thy command whensoever thou shalt send for us it is well said replied he and when i call upon you you shall yield yourself and all your knights unto king arthur 
"'That will we gladly do,' said the Green Knight, and so departed. And the damsel rode on before Sir Beaumains, and said to him, "'Why dost thou follow me, thou kitchen-boy?' i counsel thee to throw aside thy spear and shield and flee betimes for wert thou as mighty as sir lancelot or sir tristram thou shouldst not pass a valley near this place called the pass perilous damsel answered he let him that feareth flee as for me it were indeed a shameful thing to turn after so long a journey as he spake, they came upon a tower, as white as snow, with mighty battlements and double moats around it, and over the tower gate hung fifty shields of diverse colours. Before the tower walls they saw a fair meadow, wherein were many knights and squires in pavilions, for on the morrow there was a tournament at that castle. Then the lord of the castle, seeing a knight armed at all points, with a damsel and a page riding towards the tower, came forth to meet them, and his horse and harness, with his shield and spear, were all of a red colour. When he came near Sir Beaumains, and saw his armour all of black, he thought him his own brother the black knight, and so cried aloud, "'Brother, what do ye hear within these borders?' nay said the damsel it is not thy brother but a kitchen knave of arthur's court who hath slain thy brother and overcome thy other brother also the green knight now do i defy thee cried the red knight to sir beaumains and put his spear in rest and spurred his horse then both knights turned back a little space and ran together with all their might till their horses fell to the earth then with their swords they fought fiercely for the space of three hours then at last sir beaumains overcame his foe and smote him to the ground then the red knight prayed his mercy and said slay me not noble knight and i will yield to thee with sixty knights that do my bidding all avails not answered sir beaumains save this damsel pray me to release thee then did he lift his sword to slay him but the damsel cried aloud slay him not beaumains for he is a noble knight then sir beaumains bade him rise up and thank the damsel which straightway he did and afterwards invited them to his castle and made them goodly cheer but notwithstanding all sir beaumains's mighty deeds the damsel ceased not to revile and chide him at which the red knight marvelled much and caused his sixty knights to watch sir beaumains that no villainy might happen to him and on the morrow they heard mass and broke their fast and the red knight came before sir beaumains with his sixty knights and proffered him homage and fealty i thank thee answered he and when i call upon thee thou shalt come before my lord king arthur at his court and yield yourselves to him that will we surely do said the red knight so sir beaumains and the damsel departed and as she constantly reviled him and tormented him he said to her damsel ye are discourteous thus always to rebuke me for i have done you service and for all your threats of knights that shall destroy me all they who come lie in the dust before me now therefore i pray you rebuke me no more till you see me beaten or a recreant and then bid me go from you there shall soon meet thee a knight who shall repay thee all thy deeds thou boaster answered she 
for save King Arthur, he is the man of most worship in the world. It will be the greater honour to encounter him, said Sir Beaumains. Soon after they saw before them a city passing fair, and between them and the city was a meadow newly mown, wherein were many goodly tents. "'Seest thou yonder blue pavilion?' said the damsel to Sir Beaumains. "'It is Sir Perseants, the lord of that great city, whose custom is, in all fair weather, to lie in this meadow and joust with his knights.' And as she spake, Sir Perseant, who had espied them coming, sent a messenger to meet Sir Beaumains, and ask him if he came in war or peace. "'Say to thy lord,' he answered, that I care not whether of the twain it be. So when the messenger gave this reply, Sir Perseant came out to fight with Sir Beaumains, and making ready, they rode their steeds against each other, and when their spears were shivered asunder, they fought with their swords, and for more than two hours did they hack and hew at each other, till their shields and hauberks were all dinted with many blows, and they themselves were sorely wounded. And at the last Sir Beaumains smote Sir Perseant on the helm, so that he fell grovelling on the earth. And when he unlaced his helm to slay him, the damsel prayed for his life. "'That will I grant gladly,' answered Sir Beaumains, "'for it were a pity such a noble knight should die.' "'Gramercy,' said Sir Perseant, "'for now I certainly know it was thou who slewest my brother the black knight, Sir Periard.' and overcame my brothers the green knight sir pertolope and the red knight sir paramonis and since thou hast overcome me also i will do thee homage and fealty and place at thy command one hundred knights to do thy bidding but when the damsel saw sir perseant overthrown she marvelled greatly at the might of sir beaumains and said what manner of man may ye be for now am i sure that ye become of noble blood and truly never did woman revile knight as i have done thee and yet ye have ever courteously borne with me which surely never had been were ye not of gentle blood and lineage lady replied sir beaumains a knight is little worth who may not bear with a damsel and so whatsoever ye said to me i took no heed save only that at times when your scorn angered me it made me all the stronger against those with whom i fought and thus have ye furthered me in my battles. But whether I be born of gentle blood or no, I have done you gentle service, and peradventure will do better still ere I depart from you. Alas, said she, weeping at his courtesy, forgive me, fair Sir Beaumains, all that I have missaid and misdone against you. With all my heart, said he, and since you now speak fairly to me, I am passing glad of heart, and methinks I have the strength to overcome whatever knights I shall henceforth encounter. Then Sir Perseant prayed them to come to his pavilion, and set before them wine and spices, and made them great cheer. So they rested that night, and on the morrow the damsel and Sir Beaumains rose and heard mass, and when they had broken their fast they took their leave of Sir Perseant. "'Fair damsel,' said he, "'whither lead ye this night?' sir answered she to the castle dangerous where my sister is besieged by the knight of the redlands i know him well said sir perseant for the most perilous knight alive a man without mercy and with the strength of seven men 
god save thee sir beaumains from him and enable thee to overcome him for the lady lyones whom he besiegeth is as fair a lady as there liveth in this world thou sayest truth sir said the damsel for i am her sister and men call me Lynette, or the wild maiden now i would have thee know said sir percy unto sir beaumains that the knight of the redlands hath kept that siege more than two years and prolongeth the time hoping that sir lancelot or sir tristram or sir lamorak may come and battle with him for these three knights divide between them all knighthood and thou if thou mayest match the knight of the red lands shall well be called the fourth knight of the world sir said sir beaumains i would fain have that good fame and truly i am come of great and honourable lineage and so that you and this fair damsel will conceal it i will tell you my descent and when they swore to keep it secret he told them my name is sir gareth of orkney my father was king lot and my mother the lady bellicent king arthur's sister sir gawain sir agravaine and sir gaharis are my brethren and i am the youngest of them all but as yet king arthur and the court know me not who i am when he had thus told them they both wondered greatly and the damsel Lynette sent the dwarf forward to her sister to tell her of their coming then did dame lyones inquire what manner of man the knight was who was coming to her rescue and the dwarf told her all of sir beaumains's deeds by the way how he had overthrown sir kay and left him for dead how he had battled with sir lancelot and was knighted of him how he had fought with and slain the thieves how he had overcome the two knights who kept the river passage how he had fought with and slain the black knight and how he had overcome the green knight the red knight and last of all the blue knight sir perseant then was dame lyones passing glad and sent the dwarf back to sir beaumains with great gifts thanking him for his courtesy in taking such a labour on him for her sake and praying him to be of good heart and courage and as the dwarf returned he met the knight of the red lands who asked him whence he came i came here with the sister of my lady of the castle said the dwarf who hath been now to king arthur's court and brought a knight with her to take her battle on him then is her travail lost replied the knight for though she had brought sir lancelot sir tristram sir lamorac or sir gawain i count myself their equal and who besides shall be so called then the dwarf told the knight what deeds sir beaumains had done but he answered i care not for him whosoever he be for i shall shortly overcome him and give him a shameful death as to so many others i have done then the damsel Lynette and sir beaumains left sir perseant and rode on through a forest to a large plain where they saw many pavilions and hard by a castle passing fair but as they came near sir beaumains saw upon the branches of some trees which grew there the dead bodies of forty knights hanging with rich armour on them their shields and swords about their necks and golden spurs upon their heels what meaneth this said he amazed lose not thy courage fair sir replied the damsel at this shameful sight for all these knights came hither to rescue my sister 
and when the knight of the redlands had overcome them he put them to this piteous death without mercy and in such wise will he treat thee also unless thou bearest thee more valiantly than they truly he useth shameful customs said sir beaumains and it is a marvel that he hath endured so long so they rode onward to the castle walls and found them double moated and heard the sea waves dashing on one side the walls then said the damsel see you that ivory horn hanging upon the sycamore tree the knight of the redlands hath hung it there that any knight may blow thereon and then will he himself come out and fight with him but i pray thee sound it not till high noontide for now it is but daybreak and till noon his strength increases to the might of seven men let that be as it may fair damsel answered he for were he stronger knight than ever lived i would not fail him either will i defeat him at his strongest or die knightly on the field with that he spurred his horse under the sycamore and blew the ivory horn so eagerly that all the castle rang its echoes instantly all the knights who were in the pavilions ran forth and those within the castle looked out from the windows or above the walls and the knight of the redlands arming himself quickly in blood-bred armour with spear and shield and horses trappings of like colour rode forth into a little valley by the castle walls so that all in the castle and at the siege might see the battle be of good cheer said the damsel linette to sir beaumains for thy deadly enemy now cometh and at yonder window is my lady and sister dame lyonnaise in good sooth said sir beaumains she is the fairest lady i have ever seen and i would wish no better quarrel than to fight for her with that he looked up to the window and saw the lady lyonnaise who waved her handkerchief to her sister and to him to cheer them then called the knight of the redlands to sir beaumains leave now thy gazing sir knight and turn to me for i warn thee that lady is mine she loveth none of thy fellowship he answered but know this that i love her and will rescue her from thee or die say ye so said the red knight take ye no warning from those knights that hang on yonder trees for shame that thou so boastest said sir beaumains be sure that sight hath raised a hatred for me that will not lightly be put out and given me not fear but rage sir knight defend thyself said the knight of the red lions for we shall talk no longer then did they put their spears in rest and came together at the fullest speed of their horses and smote each other in the midst of their shields so that their horses harnesses sundered by the shock and they fell to the ground and both lay there so long time stunned that many deemed their necks were broken and all men said the strange knight was a strong man and a noble jouster for none had ever yet so matched the knight of the redlands then in a while they rose and putting up their shields before them drew their swords and fought with fury running at each other like wild beasts now striking such buffets that both reeled backwards 
now hewing at each other till they shore the harness off in pieces and left their bodies naked and unarmed and thus they fought till noon was past when for a time they rested to get breath so sorely staggering and bleeding that many who beheld them wept for pity then they renewed the battle sometimes rushing so furiously together that both fell to the ground and anon changing swords in their confusion thus they endured and lashed and struggled until eventide and none who saw knew which was the likeliest to win for though the knight of the redlands was a wily and subtle warrior his subtlety made sir beaumains wilier and wiser too so once again they rested for a little space and took their helms off to find breath but when sir beaumains's helm was off he looked up to dame lyonnaise where she leaned gazing and weeping from her window and when he saw the sweetness of her smiling all his heart was light and joyful and starting up he bade the knight of the redlands make ready then did they lace their helms and fight together yet afresh as though they had never fought before and at the last the knight of the redlands with a sudden stroke smote sir beaumains on the hand so that his sword fell from it and with a second stroke upon the helm he drove him to the earth then cried aloud the damsel linette alas sir beaumains see how my sister weepeth to behold thee fallen and when sir beaumains heard her words he sprang upon his feet with strength and leaping to his sword he caught it and with many heavy blows pressed so sorely on the knight of the redlands that in the end he smote his sword from out his hand and with a mighty blow upon the head hurled him upon the ground then sir beaumains unlaced his helm and would have straightway slain him but the knight of the redlands yielded and prayed for mercy i may not spare thee answered he because of the shameful death which thou hast given so many noble knights yet hold thy hand sir knight said he and hear the cause i loved once a fair damsel whose brother was slain as she told me by a knight of arthur's court either sir lancelot or sir gawain and she prayed me as i truly loved her and by the faith of my knighthood to labour daily in deeds of arms till i should meet with him and to put all knights of the round table whom i should overcome to a villainous death and this i swore to her then prayed the earls and knights and barons who stood round sir beaumains to spare the red knight's life truly replied he i am loath to slay him notwithstanding he hath done such shameful deeds and inasmuch as what he did was done to please his lady and to gain her love i blame him less and for your sakes i will release him but on this agreement only shall he hold his life that straightway he depart into the castle and yield him to the lady there and make her such amends as she shall ask for all the trespass he hath done upon her lands and afterward that he shall go unto king arthur's court and ask the pardon of sir lancelot and sir gawain for all the evil he hath done against them all this sir knight i swear to do said the knight of the redlands and therewith he did him homage and fealty then came the damsel linette to sir beaumains and the knight of the redlands and disarmed them and staunched their wounds 
and when the knight of the redlands had made amends for all his trespasses he departed for the court end of chapter ten part one recording by thomas rose